And good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming outlets. Um, tonight is Thursday night, and usually on Thursday nights, we we go over Crown Rules 2. And for those of us uh, just joining the broadcast, we uh, took last week off to observe the holiday. So to bring everybody up to speed is Julia Dozier is the author of two books, Crown Rules 1 as well as Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, where Julia interviewed 10 men, different ages and different stages in their life, and asked him 13 specific questions in reference to love and how black men love. Um, we are on question six, but we are on episode seven because uh, in episode one, we discuss some of Julia's background as more of an introduction to what we were doing is going over each question and then having a discussion about it amongst ourselves as well as everybody that usually joins us within the chat. So to bring everybody up to speed, this is where we're at. And um, as Julia said in the book prior, and I love to read this part of the book is, I had started out this, this out wanting to interview men in general, but then I was like, mm, I care about my race right now. We're living in a space and time where black men are being just brutalized, just brutalized. And then when they are not being brutalized by police or not being brutalized by each other, they're being brutalized by women who is supposed to love them. And society has twisted things to the extent that there are women out here who are saying to them, to that, they don't need a man. So my illustrious co-host <laughs> and contributor, yeah. what's up, Jules? Nothing much, Quincy. How are you tonight? I'm all right. We got an interesting night here um, ahead of us. Uh, how was everything? Your week? How was how was everything? Everything everything is good. Week is is moving along very quickly. Can't believe it's Thursday already, but I'm glad Thursday is here. I love this this time of the evening to be with you and our um, our audience in the chat. So thank you for this opportunity again, Quentin. You're welcome. You're welcome. As usual, the pleasure is all mine. So we are up to question six in yes. our discussion. Yes. And that is question six is on the screen for anybody that wants to look at the question. It says, which love have you had that you remember and cherish the most and why? Yes. Yes. And I, and I thought that I thought that um like most of the questions that was presented to the gentleman. Um, one of the things that is unique is, you know, and we have to always beat this in is that not only men, not only black men, not only black people. We're not a monolith in anything. Um, we're different, and we all have different tastes, uh, likes, dislikes. Sometimes people will put us in a category and think that we're all like that. And I think that, you know, one of the, one of the things that I never said before about your book is that it shows that everybody has a level of maturity, and everybody has a different taste, so to say, at yeah. a certain point in their life. So yes. I thought that this question would be true to format and um, brothers would have different answers. And um, off bat, I was shocked that one of the gentlemen, like we discussed, he said his friends, which 
when you go back into reading more, they were both exes. One was his childhood girlfriend, the one that he said that you always remember. And another one was another friend when he, he was about 22, 23. Yes. So I thought that was interesting. That he said that they were his friends and actually yeah. were his ex-lovers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were actually his ex-lovers. Um, I thought that was interesting too. And I think um, knowing Lee, he's probably still friends with them, which is okay. why um, he referenced them as friends. Um, what I like about his response to this question, um, which love have you had that you remember and cherish the most and why, kind of goes back to the, the question that we had covered a few weeks ago, which was, who was your first example of love? Mm -hmm. So in that question, the gentlemen were able to share with us who their who their fir the first example of love was in their life. In some cases, it was a mother, it was an ex, etc. In in this question, what the gentlemen reveal is that there are different stages and phases and experience of love that can contribute to your development as a person. Or, or under development. Huh? Or under development. Or under development. Because you could still be stuck in that that love from the past and not be able to move on. Which is like, what like, one of our like, gentlemen said. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he brought up the exes, his ex-wife. And yes. I said, oh, that, that's interesting because, like we always try to say, is some sometimes a person may not be able to heal and have that baggage and be like, okay, I messed up, but they might be one of those people that they need somebody to forgive them. Mm. And sometimes that ex is never around to forgive them for what they did. So that they keep that baggage of guilt and they go on and throughout life and just damage everything in their root and way. Damage everything in their path. Or as Coleman said, um, and he's in our 50 year old category. He said, sometimes what people also tend to do in addition to carrying the baggage is that they can compare that first that first love or that, that love that wasn't successful to every other relationship that they have. And what he says specifically is, you'll have the floor plan to that relationship and you try to bring it to a new person and you wonder why the structure can't stand. And it's because you're dealing with a different per person. So you have to allow yourself the freedom to not carry that experience or that model of that last relationship into your new one. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then the gentleman that said father and uncle. Yes. I mean, they, they, he basically talked about how they molded him to be the man that he is today. And I, you know, um, I thought that was interesting. Definitely in today's age, a lot of people don't speak about the male role in their life. Even the brother that said his coach, like his father wasn't there. And the coach basically took the baton um, and taught him about life, which was interesting. I highlighted that to read for, for tonight. Do you mind if I read that now, Quentin? Absolutely not. Okay, so 
Um, but before I do, I think in one of our other episodes, we talked about, you know, the first example of love, most of the men reference women. For this question, a lot of them reference the men in their lives um, and the importance of, of those relationships. And this is what Eric had to say to the question. He said, love. You know, when we talk about love, you think love of family or love of a man and a woman, heterosexual being a man and a woman. But I guess my love that was shown and the love that was given was a love to succeed more than a need to do better. That's what he instilled in us to do better than what we had to do better than what he had done and what others had done before him. That was Coach Fleming. Put that down. His name was Coach Fleming. So for him, the love that he remembers and cherishes the most is that love from his coach because it helped him to be a better man mm -hmm. and to learn how to accomplish his dreams and his goals for himself and how to succeed. And he also required of him and the other eight gentlemen that he took under his wing that they do better than he did and that they did better than the people before them. So that's very impactful. Yeah. 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 He he kind of like, as we would say, he passed the baton. He passed the baton. <laughs> he passed the baton. And, you know, I, what I love about this question, as I said, most of the men in the book do reference the men in their lives that set the example for them, not just Eric, but also Tom who talked about his father and his uncle with respect to his father. He said his father demonstrated integrity and that he was a protector of his family mm -hmm. and that he loved his mother. He showed him how to be a man. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do have my, uh, you know, I always throw a wrench in the game now. Uh oh, a wrench. <laughs> Here it comes. My my brother Hermes. Oh. You asked him the question. Yes. And he said, relationship love? I've had parts of it, but I haven't had the whole thing. I haven't had the whole thing. Something is always missing. And in essence, I can say I'm single now. So if it is so if it is was still love. It would be still. It would still be love because love doesn't change. People do. He said, "Feelings do not change." Oh, this is what he said. I knew that you would. I knew that you would see that part, Quentin. <laughs> he said, "There was a time in my life when I didn't know what love was, and I mishandled it because I didn't believe in it and I didn't understand it." He said, love is a choice, not a feeling. Choices don't change, feelings do. Mm. Mm. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting because like, like I said that um, transparency is very interesting when you're when you're, inter when you're interviewing somebody and you know, he was very transparent, like, you know. I never dealt with that. I never, he probably never experienced where he could say he remembers love. And mm -hmm. he realized that because he never experienced, that was the reason why he was single. So that's a very, 
profound statement. Most people can't admit why they're single. Most people be like, oh, because I choose to. I was my choice. Or, or you know what we see every day. Oh, because there's no good men out here. Or it's no good women out here. Which is not true. <laughs> you, blame the, you blame the whole, op if you're heterosexual, like you said, you blame the whole opposite sex on why you single. <laughs> I, I think there's 7.1 billion people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm single because let's say half of them are half of them are the opposite sex. You're single because 3.7 billion are no good. Come on. This is just it's just very interesting. I mean, like I say, that some people just will um, always make an excuse for their why instead of looking being self-reflective and. Um, I really liked his response. That's why I told you it was a, it was a wrench in the game, because um, you know I seen it and I said, "Oh, she don't know that I've seen that," because I didn't mention that to you behind the scenes. I said, "Oh, you know, oh, you know, let's bring that up a little later." So you so so Nicole said, "Hold up, you know our illustrious Nicole." Hi, Nicole. <sighs> She says some people have to look at themselves. Hey, but you know what? In, in in reference to what Nicole said, I believe all of us have to. All of us. I mean, um, I think that some people just refuse to. And that's when, you know, oh, it's them. It's the, you know, you're single because you, you can't blame nobody else because you're single. You choose to be single because you could then go in an unhealthy relationship if you choose to. You know, you choose to be single because that's what you choose to do. Just not, it ain't no men out here. It ain't no good men out here. You know, it I'm, just happens. Exactly. I have been listening to Pebbles and Babyface all week long. I don't know if you remember the song, but it's Love Makes Things Happen. Mm. And it's so, it's so relative to, to the question that we're covering tonight, because as you're reading the gentleman's answers in the book, the love that they remember and cherish created something in their lives, allowed them to create something in their lives. And some, some of the words of the song is, you never know who you're going to love. You never know when it's gonna take over you. It 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 makes things happen. It you could you could not be looking for it, and and it's and, and here it comes. And so you know, I think some people experiences have been challenging and have been difficult, and because they have been, they've kind of closed them. They've kind of closed themselves off to the opportunity, but in closing themselves off to love, they're also closing themselves off to what they might want to experience in their life. Well, you know, one of the great things, Julia, that you have is that you're you, you're good for segues, and <laughs> you're, you're you're a very talented um, young lady. Uh, one of the th one of the things outside of writing books is that you have been part of the poetry corner as well. Yeah, shout out to all the poets and poetesses. So, so when you when you um, 
talk about love, and I you had did a poem on love before, so I asked you to do it again. I told you I was gonna play it because it goes good with this this episode and last week's episode. You got that sun shining in the noonday, waves crashing upon the shore type love. You got that food cooking all day since morning, being on the plate at 6 p.m. in the evening type love. You got that fresh kicks laced just right, hoodie just so, smooth face, new car smell type love. You got that old soul, futuristic rhythm and blues, funkadelic, jazzy, boom, pat, boom, pat, boom, pat type love you got that taste like chocolate liquid gold like honey you be making me full but still keeping me hungry with all that good type love you got that spiritual cleansing type love you be like white candles and sage lavender and incense smelling like the temples of india type love you got that soothing type love you be like massages all over my body you just be rubbing my scalp and oiling my strands and pulling my hair type love you got that turn down the lights and arch it just so I mean take it just take it type love and we be like co-star director and producer in this bitch type love you got that making me want to explore and discover how to be your best friend your only lover and our child's mother type love you got that creators of our universe shooting comets across the sun kissing upon the moon type love you be like speaking my mind and touching every beat of my heart type love it be like you are me and i and you cannot tear us apart type love we be like past present and future and infinite type love forget baby face and pebbles <laughs> my mom is watching tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah, look Look, I seen your facial expression when you had cuss in the phone. My mom and I think my neighbor, Miss Cypress, is watching. I, I'd like to dedicate this um, show to Miss Cypress. She was married for, I think, about 40 years to the love of her life. And he recently passed away um, in October. So um, wishing you uh, strength and peace and comfort, Miss Cypress. <laughs> Great. So, so in that in that poem, because we we your poem I believe coincides with two weeks ago show and this week's show. Yes. What made you come up with this poem? We never got when you did it before. We didn't really talk about. I was we was just doing a poetry show and it was really nice. Everybody, like I said, every the poets, everybody does such a great job. Yes, they do. And sometimes you'd be like, oh, I like that. And then somebody else come, you'd be like, oh, I like that. And, they, and so you you get, unless you go back and watch the shows, you got to you sometimes forget what a person says specifically. So um, what made you write that type of poem and express that type of love or that type of in intimacy? I... I experienced up to this point in my life what I think was 
the most memorable and cherished love so far. And um, it was it was a love that allowed me to understand who I was as a person and tap in to all of the things that I really enjoy. Um, the waves crashing upon the shore, um, preparing a meal for the person that I love. Yeah, you have to excuse me in the chat. Julia does not like talking about herself. So I kind of <laughs> I kind of put her in an awkward position right now. So I, I truly apologize. So just bear bear with me I'm and press me bear best. with her because she's trying because she don't like to talk about herself like this. And it puts no. it puts her in a bad spot. So I apologize, Julia, for, for really okay. asking you this question. But but I appreciate the opportunity to it to express it because I think you know, like similar to the gentleman in the book, when you're able to identify the love that you remember and cherish, it allows you, I think, in some way to create more of that. It it helps you to identify who you are, what you what you what you need, what you love. And I think it helped me to tap into my spirituality. It helped me to be a better person. It was the first time that I was actually deliberate about the choices that I was making in terms of that relationship. Um, uncon unconditional love, being forgiving. And I'm not necessarily a forgiving person, but it taught me how to be forgiving. Um, and so it made me a better person. And I just wanted to express that in rhyme. Okay. And I didn't I didn't ask you, I don't think you were on the poetry show that night. And I don't think I asked you during that show the following a couple days. Does life imitate art or art imitate life? Because you've shown your artistic value in the poem as well as in the book. I so think what do you that think? I think that it's I think that it's both. I think that there is a balance and an equality to um, life and art. I think that art inspires us to live. Mm. And I think that our life inspires us to create. So I think it's both. Interesting. Interesting. I, I just ask people that it's something it's I thought about some, something I thought about and I just always ask people the question. I don't just like to hear the responses. So, but what's your answer to that question, Quincy? Um, I believe life imitates art. Why? I believe that we all have art artistic value of what we, we think life should be. And we try to play it out every day. Hmm. Now that's deep. I mean, nobody, nobody. Can you say that again, Quincy? I, I believe that life that that life imitates art, and that we 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 try to play it out every day the way we live. I don't believe that nobody. You know how a person wakes up, and you know you had you woke up you woke up you didn't sleep well kind of cranky. So you woke up and you feel like, you know, your day, your whole day was a bad day. 
based off of how you woke up. You didn't say I'm gonna have a bad day. I believe that when you get up, you start to you try to be artistic in the, in your day. You in try to day. have a you try to have a good day. You try to, as they say, um, let me paint a picture. You try to have a beautiful canvas mm. and just go about, you know, serene. I'm going to work. I'm gonna get the best eight hours possible. I'm gonna do this, do that. But then the obstacles come. Your boss come ask you, your, your supervisor, let's just, I almost say boss, your supervisor comes and says, oh, I need you to stay an extra hour. Your coworker's not performing up to him or her capabilities. So now your picture that you've painted begins to take different forms. Now, now you might get a phone call from your child or your significant other. So now that beautiful picture that you thought in your head that you were painting becomes something different. And then at the end of the day, most people could say, you know what, today was a good day, in spite of those other things, and vice versa. We gotta be, we gotta be, um, we gotta be open. I think that's that's what it comes down to. We have to, we have to be open. Um, I think I've learned, especially during these last few months, um, being a person who was who used to be very structured. Like I knew I would plan my day and I would make sure that I, you know, accomplished as much as I had planned for the day. And I would get frustrated if, you know, something would go wrong. But I think during these last few months, what I've learned is how to be flexible and how to be open. Just like love and loving relationships, when you shut down, yes, the philosopher, <laughs> when, you, when you shut down due to frustration, you don't allow yourself to not only experience the challenge, but to also experience the achievement or the redirection from the challenge. Mm. Sometimes it's important to allow ourselves to be redirected. It's like, it's, it's like the meme, the meme that people always say, I'm unbothered. Usually if you have to put that out there, it's usually some things that do bother you. Right. I know, I know speaking from, my personal experience, and this ties with um, the book and, and, and understanding where you're at with your feelings and how you feel about situations is I know that I could be very detached from things and a person would be like, uh, I don't care. You act like you don't care. That's, that's just me though. That's how, that's a defense mechanism that I put up personally. Um, because for me, I'm a focus, focus driven person. I don't see like some people got peripheral vision and no, no, no. I have straight tunnel vision when I see something Well, I'm very goal oriented. So like yes. in order to get me off that direction to look somewhere else, it'll, it'll mess up that canvas that I'm trying, that I'm trying to paint. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, and it causes are a lot you, of problems. Are you aiming to be um, a, a bit more flexible? Or are you okay with where you are? Well, you know, you know, what's interesting is I believe at a certain point in my life, flexibility is what got me in a lot of trouble. 
someone I got, as we, most people would say, rigid and tunnel vision. It allowed me to focus on self. It allowed me to focus on me like, hold up. Let me focus down and grip down on me. And now let's stay focused on what I need to do. And then, because if I didn't do that, I couldn't, as they say, I couldn't love other people in other areas and and understand that. Like, yo, like how you, how, if, if you're not focused on, lo- on loving yourself, as people would say, how are you going to love somebody else? Tying it back to the responses from, from the gentleman like, in the like book. How? All of them, all of them, in some way or another, talked about how the love that they remembered and cherished helped them. That's from Miss Cypress. Hi, Miss mm-hmm. Cypress. What did she say? I can't, you know, she when said, I wear my glasses, but she I said the love, the love you didn't see coming. Mm. The quicksand love you sank into deeply, the love that understands forever, no mm. limits. Hi, Julia. Thanks for inviting me. It was 50 years of two it hearts, is. 50 years of two hearts beating as one. Wow. Profound. And so true. Amazing. Beautiful. Wow. 50 but years. 50 years. And, um, if someone were to ask me, and she, and she she she's a first. Miss Cypress is a first. Yes, she is. She's Welcome. the first per. She's the first person that has ever had a show dedicated to her. So yes. since we've been starting the platform, so uh, Miss Cypress, you're our first. Uh, we honor you, and as the young the young people say, we salute you, and um, we hope that you join us and experience and share some of your experience with the show. Um, Because 50 years is a long time to be with someone. And um, that's something that uh, most of us wish that we could be like that. So like I said, please share your experiences with us. Share share them with Julia. If you could uh, link up with Julia, you're her neighbor. And, you know, tell us some of them them war stories. You know, (laughs) you know. Tell us how you tell them how tell them how y'all used to, uh, as they say, argue just to let y'all get each other's attention. (laughs) Quinton, I have to tell you, um, I had to, I I, um, was blessed to have an outing with Mr. Cypress and Mrs. Cypress um, as part of work in the community. And we had to, you know, walk walk a park and make plans for what would be included in the park. And just being with the two of them was a love that I'll I'll remember and cherish. The the way that they they almost when they spoke to each other, it was almost like a dance. It was so, so beautiful. So so Miss Cypress, as Julia is describing. Um, this outing, you guys were living my statement. You guys were living art. Yes, yes, yes. They yes, were painting. Yes. They were. They were painting the picture. 
They painted they, they painted a picture for me. They were creating they were creating music. Oh Quentin. They painted a picture for me. They gave me something to aspire to. They gave me something to aspire to. The love that you do not see coming. And that's why it's so important. Like you were talking before about, you know, people being closed off. It's like, what do you what do you want to experience in life? And, you know, everybody's kind of like focused on getting the bag. Like you can get the bag. But at the end of the day, like once you get the bag, what are you going to do with it? It's it's the memories that you're able to create with someone. Yeah, it's like it's like everything nowadays is such so fast paced, and nobody nobody uh, takes time to slow down. Slow down. Like, like just that. turn like just turn off all the devices in the house. I mean, even turn your light off and just sit in the dark and just listen to the the stillness of your house. Be present. Be present. Be present. Yeah. It's interesting. Miss Cypress. Miss Cypress has came and uh. Knock the door down a day up in in crown rules. <laughs> yeah, she did. And she's she's just she's like that. She's phenomenal. And so and so was he. And so was he. Um and I know that at this at this time, you know, she's she's in a period of she's in a period of mourning, you know, but she has 50 years. 50 years of memories, you know, to hold on to. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So was there anything else that one one other thing that caught my attention? I don't know if it caught your attention. Was the was the last gentleman. He said that um he said his 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 mother and his ex-wife. <laughs> He said his mother and his ex-wife. I thought that was interesting because a, a lot of times, um, like I said, those exes, man, people, some people have, some people be like, yo, I don't want to talk about my ex. That was a bad experience. It was a bad part of my life. I don't know what I was thinking about. So I was amazed that he said, like I always say about these brothers, they were very transparent with you, Julia. I don't know you. You must have broke a wrist or something. Like held a gun over your head because you know you know how a lot of the stereotypes the women say. Oh, men don't tell us the truth. They wasn't expressing their feel. These guys was. But you have to honest. you have to create the space for that. And like I said, you have to be open. I think the gentlemen, the gentlemen were were prepared to be open and. Like I also say in the beginning of, of, of the book, you know, we don't hear enough from men, mm. you know, and a, and a lot of time it's not that you all don't have these feelings or these things to express. A lot of times it's that we don't ask, right? You know, and so it's, asking it's, a question is important. It's funny you said that because one of one of the young ladies, she, she put in a group a scenario about, uh, it, was a, it was an article out of Huffington Post about men, men need to exercise the muscle of selling another man they love them, and and my response was I put the face up to the funny emoji because I think that a lot of times women don't ask the question do do men say this to each other because I think that um it's a stereotype that's 
just been put on men that men aren't emotional or men don't be, you know, tell their, tell their fellow men, like, you know, I love you. And I think that men, we have, we have an unspoken language. You know, men have the, if, if I walk past you and I look you eye to eye, we do the head nod. We do the dat. We do the <laughs> peace. You know, it's it's really an unspoken language. Yeah. And, and I think that when even when we're dealing with each other as friends and counter in 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 the circles like the barbershop, it's a special place for a man. Um, sporting events, if y'all like the same sports. So I think that men, and I know that men, they're definitely the men that I know, and definitely the friends that I have, we do. Tell each other we love you, like I love you, bro. I appreciate you, man. You know, you always there for me when I need you. I think that that's just so sacred to men's bond instead of women. You know, y'all be, oh, that's my sisterhood and this, that, and third, you know, girl magic <laughs> and stuff like that. I just think that men are just a little bit more. Um, I've seen go. it. I've I've seen it. Um Charm, who's one of the gentlemen in the book, I had the opportunity to be around him a lot. And one of the things that I really respect and appreciate about him is that he never missed an opportunity to acknowledge another brother. <laughs> to and not just not just say, um, you know good job like he would be specific and go into detail and just show that appreciation he was comfortable in his masculinity and he was comfortable with giving other men praise so much so that he didn't even do it in private I was in his presence a lot of the times when I heard him doing that yeah. um the other thing is um down here where I live at there are a lot of um auto mechanic shops and you'll see like groups of 10, 15 brothers just hanging out. And I know not all of them are there for like, not all of y'all are getting your cars fixed, but it's a space, you know, for them to connect and to have their conversation. So I think they're doing that. I think the greater opportunity is for us as women to, to, to have these conversations. Yeah. And, and like you said, to ask, because they because the space even when you said you you afforded the guys in the for the book the space to answer that you made them feel comfortable with you enough to be able to be transparent is that it's the same space as that mechanic shop mm. like it's 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 really being able to for lack of better words i could speak a little bit more freely around the fellas like you may got a, you may got a guy who uh, quote unquote cuss like a sailor, but he probably was raised that with a with some respect where he will never use foul language around a woman. Around a woman. So exactly. if a woman come around now, he like, oh, oh I can't Tony even talk down. like I, I can't <laughs> even talk like I used to. Like, yo, why you got your wife coming, man? Like this is our spot. <laughs> this is our like, time. Like, right. come on, man. Like, yo. Why she keep calling you? I can't even finish telling you my war story. Exactly, exactly. You know, so it's it's a it's a very like it's like a um interesting dynamic. And I mean, like I always tell you, Julia, you did a fantastic job on this book. And I believe that more people 
need to understand um, your book is actually a template to give a woman a little bit more understanding of her man. She may know him, but if she deserved the book, she'd be like, you know, like, why you act all weird sometime? And you know, <laughs> so to give it a give tell because all of those 10 gentlemen, like like we discussed, are 10 different individuals at 10 different places in their life. And and, and mom said the barbershop. Yeah, the barbershop is a very sacred place. Like, you know, but and it's funny. That she said the barbershop, but now most barbershops got a woman in there. I remember when I was younger and I, I was living in New York and I was dating this young man and um, we were like always together and he would want me to go with him to the barbershop. It's like, no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's your time. But thank you so much, Quentin, for what you said about the book. I think it's it's helpful for for women to be open to understanding just different aspects of the man that they're in relationship with or the man that they're coming into relationship with. But I also think that it's um, it's good for men to see the value of women. And if I could, I want to just read. I just want to read this one piece from Lee on page 92. He said, he said, the question was, which love have you had that you remember and cherish the most and why? He said, I would say my friends, Tanya and Donna. Donna and I dated when I was 14, 15 years old. So that's a different type of love. I dated Tanya when I was already 22, 23, maybe. It was a different type of love. With Donna, it was more of a teenage type of thing. That was always a joy. With Tanya, it was a little deeper because she gave me her car to do my driving test. She taught me about economics on how to handle money. So there were a lot of things that I learned from her. And she also sorry, that I learned from her. She was a more complex person than I thought she was, which I didn't realize until after we were already separated. She had a beautiful heart, a very giving heart. She would say something that would make you think on it. When I look back at my achievement musically, I think about her. In the book, it says, Tanya was the person who encouraged me to assist a recording artist with creating a CD that they were going to use as a demo and present to a record label so that they could sign a deal. Lee was resistant to help that artist because he was working on a different project that he was getting paid for at the time. Tanya was there when the artist spoke to Lee about needing the CD and knew that Lee had the capacity to do it. Lee de declined to assist. Tanya told him, a candle loses nothing to light another. Lee had a change of mind and heart and created the CD for the artist. The artist was Tupac. Lee contributed to the development of his first album and was later given two gold albums by Tupac for his assistance. Mm. 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 
women women see and think and feel differently than men. And if you're correct, connected to the right woman, mm. she will help you to experience what you want to experience in your life. There's value in relationships and value in love. And even if it's not an intimate relationship, it's important for us to have these valuable relationships with men and women younger than us, our same age, older than us, because there's so much more for us to experience than than what we plan. And that and that's that speaks on something that I know that is dear to uh, uh, both of us. And you was going to mention it about mentorship. Yes. Yes. Mentoring is critically important. Ms. Sharon was talking about that last night in, um, in the trenches, teachers in the, in the trenches, how mentoring is so critically important. It's, it's important for, we, last night she was talking, or the conversation was about how an understanding of social behavior or even how to achieve your goals or to present yourself or to get what you want starts in the home. But sometimes it's not always available in the home. But just because it's not available in the home doesn't mean that we don't have access to it. We can learn, um, enjoy, and experience what we need to for ourselves in our relationships with other people. That can show us the way. Mm. And it doesn't matter how old we are. I think you yourself said in one of our prior shows that you sought out a mentor for yourself as well. I got three. I got three. I, I have three mentors. Uh, two, two are two are older women actually, and one is an older older gentleman. Um, which is interesting for what I'm trying to do. Um, they they've been very supportive. They know. They they see everything. They kind of see everything that I'm doing, and they very um. Yo, I just keep up the good work. I like what you're doing. Um, even when 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 situations as far as in the group or. We're doing a show, and the show may seem a little, as we would say, um, gets a little carried away. Yes. I'll get a phone call, or I'll get a text <laughs> like, I'll get a text like, it's good because as them being of a certain age, one thing that I'm learning is we are younger than them, but we we don't have the conversation like they had. Um, we don't have the dialogue. We don't have the um, the understanding. Like like Mom has said, she said the and this is important. Like the inner sanctum, a woman walks in and the men stop talking. Mm. Like nowadays, unfortunately, and and I hope to do a show about this very soon. Is most people will think when a woman comes in a barbershop and a man stop talking, that this is some type of sexist thing. Or this is some type of, oh, this is some type of uh, a masculine to uh, toxicity, which whatever word they use, they uh, toxic masculinity, that crazy phrase they done came up with. Ridiculous. Which, which, which it's, yeah, it's ridiculous because men is masculine by nature, whether their sexual preferences, whatever, a man is masculine by nature. So what... I say that to say that nowadays with all this social stuff and progressive stuff going on and everybody turning you in different directions, to have some type of womanhood or some type of manhood and have that decorum that keeps that balance there 
is kind of losing its way. And we all we got. Yeah, yeah. So I say that to say, like, yo, if if female want to go to the barbershop with her mate, and you know, it's not. It's not that you are the problem. It's that men are not going to, men are not going to feel as comfortable talking their business around you, not just your man, but other men. And it has nothing has nothing to do with. It. I mean, if a guy is sitting there while two, three women is gossiping, I'm gonna be honest, looking at you like, yo, what, what's up with this dude? Like, you know, and put your tail between your legs and get about it. <laughs> I have to, I have to tell you, I so appreciate yourself and Dwayne and the other gentlemen who uh, do the football preview week on Sunday mornings at nine. You allow me to put my little two cents in, <laughs> and you don't kick me out. No, but, but see that 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 is, a, I mean, that's a little different in in that in that perspective. Like you know, those are social settings. Yes. I'm not saying that the barbershop is not a social settings, but like if if I called you and I'd be like, yo, I'm going, I'm going to the hair salon with my lady, or I'm going to the hair salon, you're gonna be looking at me like she gonna no. be there two, three hours. <laughs> like, why are you coming here? I got to do I got to do wash, rinse, and curl and do all this stuff and and drink my coffee and have my conversation with the ladies Just, and talk yeah. about what's hot. Like, like no, <laughs> exactly. Like, ain't nobody, ain't no dude should be sitting there. You said, let a dude be sitting there. And I need to preference it. It's not a part of masculinity for a male to be sitting at a hair salon while a bunch of women getting their hair done. It's kind of, and I'm not putting nobody in a box, and I'm not being sexist. It's just not. Coof for those women to be talking about women issues around him, regardless no of his preference. He's no disrespect. They're not gonna feel comfortable. No disrespect to anyone, but shout out to Washington Heights um in New York City because I used to faithfully go to my hairdresser Maria there, and there was a lady that used to come with with her with her significant other when she was getting her hair done and. Everybody was quiet while he was there. And when he left, everybody would clown. Like, it's not just space. <laughs> exactly. It's not just exactly. space. <laughs> and I think, and I think that um, like I told you when I read the part in the book before of when you decided to write the book, and I read it earlier, how the book, you know, you started out a project and then it takes on a life of its own. Um we have to try to stay relevant, as they say, because the times and life is moving so fast that we need to reset. We need to slow it down. We need slow we down. can't stop the world, but we need to slow everything slow down. Like, down. hold up, what are we doing? Like it's a balance. Life has a balance. And um, I believe in my personal belief that now we're we're getting we it you can feel it. It's coming. That is, that is shit that is tilted. We got to bring it back. Got to bring it Come back. In. It's a yin and a yang. Even if you're into law, this is why Mother Justice, she's blindfolded. She's supposed to be blind. She's blindfolded because she's not supposed to see color or gender. Well, we know how that goes in this country. But she has those scales. 
and those scales are supposed to be balanced. And balanced. that's how that's how life is supposed to be balanced. You ain't supposed to be too happy all the time, but you definitely ain't supposed to be too sad, right? No. So. No. So Jules, we're gonna um what's next week? What's what's next week's uh, let me get the question for you for next week? Um question next week is question number seven. And I want to say um before I read it, Quentin, if I might, to anyone who hasn't yet purchased the book, but thank you to all who have, that um the way that the book is organized is that the, the the number of the question appears in each chapter for each gentleman. So if you wanted to, you could read the trap chapters straight through, or you could do a comparison of the answers because it's easily marked for you can see the question and the answer. Um, but for next week, the question, how do you know when it's time to commit to a woman? Interesting. Interesting, Interesting question. Answer. And those in the chat, make sure that if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share it. If you're on Facebook, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure uh, what a reaction button. Make sure you share it. Make sure you share the content. Make tell people about the show, because really, even though um, it's a show, we're going over Julia's book question by question. So it takes time, and we're not running through the book, sort of say. Um, we're, we're really trying to have a couple other gentlemen on the show yeah. so that that whoever decides to come on the show, it will turn that episode into basically a question and answer. And we'll be able to um, I will be able to ask that gentleman and you guys will be able to ask that gentleman some questions outside of the book and just, you know, get their transparency. Uh, get their facial expressions, get to see how they like to express themselves, because. Um, this is important to understand how black men love. Yeah. Um, we thank you guys for joining the show. We're going to end the show with Julia's poem once again. And that's sorry, how we're going <laughs> to, that's how we're going to end the show. So, oh, you said sorry in advance. <laughs> so, uh, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Remember, like, share, subscribe, and hope to see you guys next week. But enjoy Julia's poem once again. You got that sun shining in the noonday, waves crashing upon the shore type love. You got that food cooking all day since morning, being on the plate at 6 p.m. in the evening type love. You got that fresh kicks laced just right, hoodie just so, smooth face, new car smell type love. You got that old soul, futuristic rhythm and blues, funkadelic, jazzy, boom, pat, boom, pat, boom, pat type love. You got that taste like chocolate, liquid gold like honey. You be making me full but still keeping me hungry with all that good type love. You got that spiritual cleansing type love. You be like white candles and sage, lavender and incense smelling like the temples of India type love. You got that soothing type love. You be like massages all over my body. You just be rubbing my scalp and oiling my strands and pulling my hair type love. You got that turn down the lights and arch it just so. I mean, take it, just take it type love. And we be like 
co-star, director, and producer in this bitch type love. You got that making me want to explore and discover how to be your best friend, your only lover, and our child's mother type love. You got that creators of our universe shooting comets across the sun, kissing upon the moon type love. You be like speaking my mind and touching every beat of my heart type love. It be like you are me and I and you cannot tear us apart type love. We be like past, present, and future, and infinite type love.